When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Seds and Sandals, a PNE podcast by the Lancashire Post. This week we're taking a look back at Hull City and West Brom games. We'll be talking team news and discussing the upcoming trip to Fulham. So let's get into it. Hello and welcome to Seds and Sandals. My name is Tom Sandals. We're going to be talking about all things PNE and a bit more as per usual. We're here at UCLan to record the podcast. So again, we'd like to say thank you very much to the university for letting us use their facilities. This week, once again, I'm joined by Dave Seddon. He is back, back from warm weather, warm weather training in Dubai. Was it, Dave? Just to get you, get you ready for the, get you ready for the running. Is that what it was? Oh, I wish it was. It was, uh, I think, a, a walk at St Anne's, <laughs> you know, in a gale force wind, um, a trip to Barton Grange for a game of crazy golf, and a bit of temping bowling. So uh, I don't think we, we we didn't get further than the uh, the Preston boundaries anyway. <laughs> well, to be fair, there's a few been a few pre-season trainings at, at Lytham on the dunes before you don't, don't fancy yeah. a bit of that I didn't fancy that no, no. no. nice stroll and uh, a <laughs> bit of lunch <laughs> taking the easy option number five podcast number five we've we've you can now count them on a hand as about as far as I get with not counting anyway so it's quite handy that I don't I'll struggle next week <laughs> um so go straight into it then Hull Ended ended all right, didn't it? In the end, it was it was not a bad day. Yeah, well they won, so <laughs> yeah. that's what counts at the moment, isn't it? You know, results. We you know we've got we've got a whole. We'll get on to talking about um, uh, West Brom in a minute or two, but mm. no, uh, whole not the greatest first half in the world. Uh, fell behind as is the one to you know recently, uh, but it changed it round in the second half. A much better second half, I thought. A lot more energy. Subs worked, unlike in a previous game against Millwall, um, and they got over the line in the end, which is, you know, it really is all about that at the moment, just keep keeping keeping the results coming. Um, and, you know, the, the substitutes work. Jaden Stockley set up Alan Brown for the winner. Um, just just a lot more energy about it, you know, and, uh, yeah, three points, end of. Yeah, I think that's a good point you make. It's just about getting over the line. There's a... Poor first half, obviously Malik Wilkes uh, put Hull ahead, mm-hmm. then North End came back in the second half, um, Paul Gallagher penalty, then an Alan Brown header, and at half time, as much as things were doom and gloom, North End are never really out of a game, are they? No, that, that's the thing, you know, again, we're on this one rather than West Brom, which we'll move on to later, where probably by half time they were out of it. Yeah. But Hull, you're 1-0 behind, you've got 45 minutes to go, plus whatever, you know, best part of 50 minutes. You know, I, I, I just don't get all that doom and gloom that comes so early in a game, you know. Mm. It's like if you're 2 or 3 nil down, fair play, but 1-0, and, and, and they changed it for the better, and they, and they did get going, you know. Like, North End aren't in the top six for no apparent reason, you know. They're, they're there for a reason, Um not every team's going to steamroll. You're not going to steamroll every team over the course of a season. It's just sometimes a case of eking out wins, and um, I think that, you know, especially now we're getting towards this critical stage of the season. Everyone's a bit edgy, 
teams are left, right, and centre are losing a bit of form. Um, so you know, just 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 keep keep hope. You know, if if you do go a goal down, you know, any team, I don't care what level it is, you're never out of it. You just got to sort of keep working yourselves back into it. Shall we address the elephant in the room? Mm-hmm. Declan Rudd, half time, bit of an altercation with a fan. I'm not yeah. gonna, I'm not gonna stick on that fan mm-hmm. for too long. It's not about that. Let's let's go on to the wider topic of, and we've had questions in on Twitter at Tom, Tom Sandals at Seds underscore LEP about this, about the way fans currently are approaching maybe criticism of the team or the way they may their fan negativity might impact a team. Yeah, I don't think it's necessarily a Preston problem mm. more than anywhere else. I think it might be more of a society issue and more a sort of social media thing. I think we're getting a little bit obsessed with if something's said on Twitter, it's what everyone's thinking. Mm. Now, which we now know that social media is very much, it's an echo chamber. We've learned that in the general elections, you know, the general election recently, the referendum, for example, as well, before that. Whatever, whatever, which way you're leaning politically or whatever, on you know, within your personal thing, you're going to have a, on your social media, you're going to have a lot more followers, for example, leaning the same way as you. Yeah. And you start getting sort of tunnel visioned into that's what the whole world's thinking. Yeah. And it's not necessarily the case. Yeah, it's, I completely agree. Yeah. And I think just, just with football, we're getting towards, oh, this has been said on social media. It must be true. This is what most, every fan must be thinking. We had the incident with Declan Rudd during the whole, the whole game at halftime. One fan airing his views, let's put it that way, towards yeah. Rudd. And what Declan Rudd told us later, it was not aimed as a team thing. It was very much a sort of personal thing. And that's what got the reaction. Which, we got, which, which got his back up. Understandably, yeah. I don't see the. I just don't see the point in singling people out for abuse, criticism. Fair enough, you know. Sport it attracts criticism. If you're not playing well, mm. you're not going to get a pat on the back. You're not mm. going to get a round of applause. But do you deserve an absolute mouthful of personal abuse? Mm. And with with people on social media as well, that you're able to hide behind it almost. Would would you know this fan who abused Rudd? He was there, I suppose. It was a one-to-one situation. But we're getting a lot more of this on social media. This, you know, goes beyond criticism. I don't mind criticism, but it goes beyond that. It goes personal. It's effing and jeffing or, you know, yet would that person, if he met one of the players in the street, he wouldn't behave like that. You know, you you don't go and behave like that and, and talk to someone. You know, like if you bumped into someone in the street and you weren't happy about how the team had played or something, you'd probably have a bit of a chat about it. If someone came and with the level of abuse that sometimes you've seen on social media and tried to talk to you face-to-face like that, he'd go through the first window, Mm. you know, the nearest window, if that was me, you know, reacting to it. Um, We got one on on social media during the West Brom game on Tuesday night. Um, Someone reacted, you know, like, saw the team use... I hope such and such a player gets injured as quickly as possible. What the hell is that all about? Yeah, it's this is a team we're meant. You know, everyone's you're paying good money to watch, and you're wishing injuries on your own players. Yeah. What the hell is that all about? A Where team, have we come to? Fair enough. Sick. Yeah, six in the league. I don't at this level of football in this division. Preston haven't been this consistent since sort of the Alan Irving, Billy Davis eras. You yeah. know, sort of. Um, You'd argue when they got into the playoffs under Alan Irving, 
again, that was a bit of a late rally. Mm. They had quite a big dip. They weren't in there all the time. Consistency-wise, this season, you're probably looking back to Billy Davis's yeah. era for that, that sort of consistency. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying it's up there at the same level, but it's not far away. Yeah. Yet, there seems to be a small sort of real element of toxicity towards it. I just, yeah. I, I know it's frustrating when you don't win, but you're not going to win every game, you know. And I, ju- I just think, just, just think sometimes people, I just think what you're typing and saying, you wouldn't speak to someone like that in the street face to face, you know. Why, why are you wishing injuries on your own players? For Christ's sake, come yeah. on. Yeah, these are people, I, how, I, I, just as a fundamental thing, mm. how you can wish ill on someone else yeah. is just is just a poor do in, in my mind, especially mm. if you watch these players and it's generally aimed at the likes of Sean Maguire or whatever. Yeah. These players do try hard, and yeah. Alex Neal said that the other day on the back of the whole game. He said these players will, will go through brick walls. We're not... We're not saying we're not an ivory tower here. We do criticise players. We will we will say if they've been poor, we'll call them out. It's it's the way yeah. it's been approached of late. It's getting too personal. Yeah. If you don't agree someone's not right for that position, fair enough, say yeah. it. No no worries absolutely yeah. with that. If you think I prefer if X played there and not Y, that's perfectly reasonable. You know, football's a game of opinion with you know you could put, sit a thousand people in the room and we'd all have a slightly different sort of opinion of it. But to, you know, to sort of then take that level, take it on beyond that, I, I just don't see the point. You know, like Preston are given these players contracts. You know, why why don't you just sort of say it, look, I think he should be playing instead of him. This is why I think it. I don't think he's doing that. I don't think his strength is that while he might be better sorted. And then leave it at that. You've made your point. To then follow it up with a lot of foul mouth abuse or get out of my club or whatever, you know. I, I don't know if it's a certain age bracket now that we've, you know, people are being brought up where social media is just the normal. You know, for, for my age, it's it's something that came in mm. a few years ago. Someone such as yourself, Tom, who's a yeah. lot younger, as you keep reminding me, <laughs> um, you know, you're... you're it's something nowadays your area you know it's just part of life it, it always has been and it's very easy it's very easy for especially i think it's influenced by the big celebrities that are on social media and things like that and how much airtime trolls can get online it's very easy to set up accounts in with a with a pseudonym or, or with, with a fake name and go out there, say something outlandish, swear because your mum and dad can't see you because you're only young and whatever, and to really get yourself known in, say, the the sort of PNE Twitter community just by being outlandish, being active. And I think it can be quite easy for the the younger, like you say, like my sort of generation that know it's very easy just to set up an email address, Mm. chuck that into a Twitter account, bang, you've got yourself a fake name. You can put a, a picture from Google as that and and, and go from there. Yeah. And I think that is an, that is an issue. It's, I mean, it's all, like we say, it's a It's not a PNE thing. thing. It's, a, it's, a, yeah. it's, a, it's a society thing now. And, and yeah. that's, I think, they, they, they say about forcing an ID onto accounts so people can be tracked and things like that. I think that'll weed out a lot of them. But I think as a general thing, like you say, yeah, just think twice before yeah. you before it's you so say easy. something. It's so easy to get your opinion. Everyone's got an opinion, which they're entitled to. Yeah. And to be fair, you read you read people's opinion, and they're very good. Yeah. You know, you you, you look at them and you feel, yeah, that's an absolute fair point. Yeah. You know, you can see where that person's coming from. You know, you, you might think, yeah, I totally agree, or you might think, 
no, I don't agree with that, but I can see why you're thinking that. Mm. You know, but then just leaving it that, well, you know, uh, you know, Matt, sometimes you read the p hashtag or something, you get replies and the mute button's going on. <laughs> Matt, I, I've used the mute button a lot more than, than I have been doing that. I'll admit that all the time. Just fed up of reading it, you know. Yeah. So it it gets it yeah. gets it gets difficult because mm. I'm I'm, it, I'm sat there at times thinking I'm watching a relegation side here. Yeah. What happens if Twitter had been around in 1985, 86 when they were re-elected? It'd be it'd be tall buildings job. It yeah. really would be. Yeah. I mean, that's important to remember the fact that five years ago this side were in League One, yeah. and it weren't much long before that we were having to suffer through Graham mm. Wesley's era, yeah. which wasn't pretty. Yeah. And this side has come a long way in a very short amount of time against the odds. You have yeah. to say because they're don't, not spending money. I'm just making this point, they're not the finished article. Don't get yeah. me wrong. You know, this is not. We're not all worshipping, you know, on our knees worshipping here. Yeah. You know, there are faults, but like, come on, you know, the six in the table, the mm. other teams, there's no teams are putting any kind of form, you know, a form around them yeah. that much. Brentford lost, you know, North End were losing at West Brom. North, uh, Brentford went and lost at Luton. Luton. You know, exactly. It could be worse. You know, it, it happens, you know. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. What the level of reactions been at Brentford? Is it the same? I don't know. Mm. Or, you know, is it a bit accepted? You know, we, we keep looking at Brentford as holding up as this big example of what you know. Or wish what we a were club like should them. be. They're, they're a year above us in this division. They've been in a year longer mm. and haven't got any further. Mm. You know, so and they're always they're all, the it's, it's harder. almost runs. All these clubs, including North End, around the Championship playoffs and promotion scene, are working to get into that Premier League. Everyone wants a slice of it yeah. because it. Uh, when you get there, it's the golden goose. It's yeah. the money. Magic it doesn't necessarily make it right. You know, there's parts of that Premier League. It just fills you with dread. You know, like what, what it's become. It's an absolute circus. It's a, it, you know, for some, it's nothing more than a sort of cash pot. Yeah. You know, like people attach themselves to clubs at the Premier League. Uh, it'd be great if they did get there for you know the financial well-being of the club to see the best sides there. You know, but after a, you know, but there are other elements which aren't great. But everyone wants a slice of it, and mm. it's hard. That's why it's so competitive to go in. You know, yeah. that's that's why teams have, sort of, you know, we talked about the championship. It's a tight division. You know, everyone's trying to elbow each other out of the way to get there. You know, it's a yeah, it's, it's a fight to it's a fight to the end. Well, I think I don't I I can't remember if Alex Neal specifically said it or if it was said around his press conference around Hull, is that. When, say, a side like Liverpool goes behind Anfield, the crowd kind of stay with them and there's that expectation that, you know, give them time, they'll come back into the game. And I think at times Alex Neal may get a little frustrated that once things start going wrong or the ball starts going backwards a little too much for people's liking, there isn't that kind of patience or trust in him and his team and the way they've played to kind of get themselves back into it. And I think that was, that kind of all, I think, seemed to come to a boil against Hull because 1-0 down at half-time, they, they weren't playing well. There's a lot of sideways, backwards passing, whatever is is your, your poison on that. And I think when with with Rudd getting the personal abuse, I think the only word really got out of him or what was said was was a disgrace or something. People felt he may have been, should have come from the for the Malik Wilkes header, which if you watch it back, is probably a bit harsh. He's gone it went in over four players. two defenders. Well, it went yeah. to, that, that, um, that cross went over four players. Yeah. Two at the near post, two in the middle. Um, and it's coming ba- ba- Bauer and Hughes watched Malik. Malik Wilkes didn't have to run. Yeah, he stepped. What he he, te- he stepped a pace back. He stepped a pace forward, and that yeah. was it. He Three just kept headed. him with the line. Yeah, yeah. So, so, and I think I think his frustration is is at times is that 
And, and I do think that attitude has changed even in the last few days because of Alex Neal's reaction to it, because of the way people are, are getting behind Rudd, because it is a vast majority that are behind Rudd rather than, um, mm. rather than against him. And I think it's just about having that patience, having that faith in the team that are sixth in the table, that have come back from poor performances in the first half. Even if they don't win, they'll come out generally and play better in the second. Like we mentioned, we'll come on to West Brom. It's probably the first time for a while it's not been the case. But I think it's just a case of... And it, and I, and it's, it was always something said when I was growing up, it's just keep the faith. Mm-hmm. Keep the faith in North yeah. End. And, and, you know, they'll... Especially this side, the way they fight, the, the amount of running that they put in, mm-hmm. you, I feel like it's not misplaced. No, if you no. were to keep your faith in that side, you look at some of the performances this season. He went to Leeds, and you know was so good for a good a good hour of that one. You know before mm. just steadily getting pushed back. You know the the the, the, the side with the best home record in the, in the division. You know, like um, as as we speak at the moment. I think um, so. Yeah. We've not been watching rubbish this season. Yeah. So no, just just you know, I've, the second half against Hull, I just think you know it showed how how much the fans rallied. They got behind mm. Grant McCann made the point. The whole yeah, manager made moaning. the point to you. Well, you you were sat in his press conference that North End have got a lot of penalties penalties this season. A lot of them given at the town end, mm. and he was almost giving the town end a bit of credit for the you know the the appeal. And they can influence the yeah, referee, yeah. you were saying. I just think everyone was together, it's so much better. You know, the, yeah. the noise when that goal, when Alan Brown ah, scored yeah. the header, I know it wasn't the biggest crowd of the season, well, no. we were at 12, 12 and a half or whatever. It was loud, you Very. know, compared to, you know, there's been, there's been bigger attendances in Deepdale this season. Yeah. And they've not got, you know, they've not greeted a goal as, as loud yeah, as that. I think, yeah, I think that reminded me of, I think it was Birmingham last season where Maguire scored the header last from minute, the corner. Yeah, yeah. And that was loud as well. Yeah. And that was that kind of threw me back to that. Or there was Bristol City at home where it was 2-1 and that was really loud. That's That's probably my favourite game for a long time. The atmosphere then was brilliant. And the noise, but the noise for that whole goal, mm-hmm. you, could, you could hear the relief, you could hear the emotion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it might at times just be a case of of channeling it and yeah. I know it's easier said than done especially for us in the press box where you've got to be a bit more a bit more neutral about things and stuff but it, it, it is just about if you're frustrated and you're pent up and you want to shout maybe just shout support because we don't really <laughs> get that sort of level of frustration on away matches you can mm. North End's away record until before Christmas was pretty ropey yet yep. you never sense that same level of frustration it mm. was almost you know, it's a bit different going away from home. It's a bit more about the day as well, isn't it? As a, a, not just a game. You know, it's all part of the package, really. But I don't know. You're more concentrated, aren't you, in one area when you're away from home? You know, like or, or, or together as one. Yeah. Where you know, sometimes at home you're all spread out, a little bit of pockets of fans and and whatever different views. But as I say, don't get away from like for everyone thinking we've all got a clapping unison and <laughs> yeah. you know think the same thing. That, that, don't say a bad word. Yeah. Like, don't no, say no. you know, Mark, blimey, we don't. You know, there's not. You know, you don't want control it's like that. It's not censorship. No, no. But you know, like just, just sometimes I think just a little bit of thinking about. You know how how to level that criticism. Yeah, and how to how to level the the emotions and how to to express things. But we'll move on to that as you talk about aways. We'll talk about West Brom. Mm-hmm. Not the greatest, not the greatest of nights. Losing two 0 at the Hawthorns won't no. be the first, not the first, and won't be the last to do mm-hmm. that. Uh, but the performance wasn't great, was it? He didn't. I, I put it in one my match verdict in the paper. North End didn't lay a glove on him. No. La, la, let's be honest about that. The Two best chances were headers for Nugent, but really it was first half especially. 
every time Mil- uh, Mil- every time <laughs> West Brom got the ball, sort of in the north end half, they looked dangerous wherever yeah. they were. You know, the front four moved well. You just, just seem to forward runs were just yeah, terrifying. You at just seem to have fine gaps all the time. I thought Callum Robinson played very well against yeah. North End. Um, you know, they they look big and strong. They just just look better. I don't I don't know. Not when North End got the ball, they didn't keep possession well. We're going on. We'll probably get onto this in a minute on team selection and, mm. but you know, who might have been better suited or whatever. But whatever happened one they didn't move the ball very well and yeah. two when they did get it up front it didn't seem to stick it was coming back all the time but I, I, I think half the problem was was moving the ball forward it was just yeah. like sloppy passing it wasn't getting where where it was needed to it was a little bit hopeful at times um, and I think West Brom scoring as early as they did it, it knocked the confidence you could yeah. tell that you know it's one of these ones where you want to stay in the game as long as possible nil nil for as long as you can mm. that didn't happen and then the the next best thing was to get in at half-time at 1-0 down. And it looked like they were going to do it. And then the second goal, you know, talk about a killer goal. Happened a few times that season, this yeah. season, that, hasn't it? Where they're just, just edging towards half-time and they just yeah. let well, one Hull, in. Hull scored 40th minute, didn't they? But yeah. this, this was right. We're, we're looking at, what, 45th yeah. minute, I yeah. think. The board went up pretty much straight after the goal yeah. went in. One minute's worth, you know. Yeah. So it changes your entire team talk then from... It became almost a game of... Containment, yeah, damage limitation, and uh, you know you think you, you think back to the first half, two goals. Rudd made two great saves from Robinson, yeah. either either side of his goal. You know the first one, Robinson got down the right hand side of the box, had a shot which Rudd got a hand to, took the sting off, and it bounced across the six yard box, and Fisher cleared it. Second one, sort of probably Robinson even better position coming in one on one. He was quick off his line, Save made himself blocks. big as you say. You know, yeah. blocked it. Really, two really good saves there, and uh, I say second half, I just thought it was a bit of a non-event, really. Yeah. But, but you look at the stats as well. North End didn't have a shot on target, which no. I don't think has happened this season. You know, even even if it's only been a p-roller through to keeper, they've had yeah. something. Yeah, yeah. And I think the thing is, like, what I'd say a big difference between that forward line is, and I, and I said it to you actually last night after the game. At the moment, it feels like a lot of PNE's forwards in. Sinclair, maybe Barquez and maybe Maguire, it can take two to three touches to have that ball under control in the direction they want to be, out of the feet or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And whereas Pereira, Kravinovic, Robinson, it'd take one. Yeah. And sometimes that first touch will be also in mind to take another player out of the game. Yeah. So they can take that touch on the turn, spin around a man, and they've still got it exactly where they want it in front of them to play it at next touch. Whereas a lot of the time, and I think this is a lot of the rustiness that's come with Scott Sinclair, because I think he's probably been the, the worst for it so far, is that when it comes into him or others, it takes one or two. It can come off the shin, it could come off the wrong part of the foot, and they're just having to get a bit... bit it gets a bit underneath them at times, and, and it just stopped North End from, from ever really getting out. And, and Slavin Bilic talked after the game that he tried to play North End at their own game in that he thinks they're probably the best side in the division in transitions mm-hmm. and they really wanted to get at North End in those transitions and it showed because North End could never really get out of defence. No, so that, no. that transition from defence to attack, West Brom were on them like a rash. Mm-hmm. They nicked the ball back, they've got four forwards making runs behind the defence, pushing the defence back. They'd have people dropping off at the right times to pick up the ball in the space. North End would be trying to commit forward, be out of position and I think I think that's pretty much what led to the the second goal where Ben Pearson ended up at left back. Yeah, yeah. And you think 
no offence to your best chances than using headers they both came got the ball down the channels and mm. that's it, we, there wasn't didn't seem to be the the space or you know the the I don't know the creativity to work it through the middle it was getting out yeah. wide first one went to Hughes put in a good cross yep. second one went to Fisher out wide none of those players kind of rolling around the 18 no. yard box that we see quite often interchanging positions there just wasn't much of that we'll go on to the red card mm-hmm. which I think we're pretty uh, in agreement on it it's, it's, it's split a lot of people yeah. but we were quite similar on it aren't we first thought of it when I saw it happen and I saw the ref was got it reaching in a pocket for a card. I thought this could be red. I think yeah, a few people I was said this I was could in your be ear. Red. Yeah. <laughs> red this is red this. But then <laughs> we're going. We, we, we don't have replays. We're in in where we were. We went in the press room afterwards, and Sky Sports News was showing it. Yeah. And you looked at it, and you thought, "Hang on a sec. Yeah, this isn't as clear cut as it might have looked." Um, Colin Greenhoff from Radio Lancashire, ex North End player who was there commentating. Proper he defender. was there, proper defender Colin was, all-style defender, great defender, great bloke. He was there, adamant, that was never a send-it-off. Yeah. You know, he, well, I'm not embarrassing him by saying that. He says, no yeah. way is that a send-it-off. Just before the interview started, he got his phone out ready to show the replay again. You know, he was adamant he was going to show us why. There was other people in there, their opinion was, well... If Fisher wanted to put in that kind of reducer tackle early on to make his mark, why wasn't it done in the fifth minute, not the 64th minute? I won't say who said that. But yeah, and I thought again, it was a good point. It was a very good point, yeah. But you look at it, when we spoke to Alex Neal afterwards, he said the fourth official, who Alex Neal spent a lot of time in his company mm. on, the, on Tuesday night, I've got to admit, in his ear, he, and he said the fourth official didn't want to seem to get involved in anything. Yeah, I don't know if it was because it was a Premier League ref and he was a sort of Championship ref. Did he feel a little bit? I better not get try and step in and overrule this or whatever. Not with that, but with mm. other things. Didn't really want to sort of make his mark like some fourth officials do. Yeah, but, Premier, a Premier League le- ref by name. Yeah. may I add, not yeah. not performance yeah. from the other night. Yeah, but I I, I just think he, the fourth official had told him, oh, the ref sent him off because he thought he followed through with his left foot now. They're adamant, having seen the replays, there's not as much follow-through. Yeah. Which um, So, we don't know. Alex Neal said they would consider an appeal. Yeah. It's not always that straightforward. We're definitely going to appeal. And, you know, you either have it um, rejected or, you know, or the card received. Not as easy as a yes or Sometimes, no. I think, word tends to come down from the FA. Have you got a, you know, you might have a chance. Mm. And if you do... Don't worry about an extra game ban. Sometimes a word from high comes up, you know, you might be better just sort of taking it on the chin, take your medicine and leave it. So we'll probably find out a little bit more Thursday, Friday with a thought on that yeah. one. I certainly think it wouldn't be a frivolous appeal no. if they did. I think there is an argument to be made whether the FA disciplinary panel would agree with North End or whether they might come down more on the side of of the referee with caution and back the referee it might be might be that Mr Friend and his referee's report has put in it was forceful it was over forceful it wasn't nothing to do with the follow through it was because of this or because of that we're, we're going on what we've been told at a press conference but we've, we've not heard from the referee himself yeah. um, so I think we just have to see on that one if, if he did get off it wouldn't be a surprise <laughs> if he didn't get off it wouldn't be a surprise either yeah um, if, if they decide, if 
A, if they didn't appeal, or B, if they did appeal and fail, it's a three-match ban. Rules them out of Fulham, QPR and Luton. Uh, Not ideal. Um, You probably think Joel Rafferty will come in. Obviously, John Clark has played there a lot more recently as cover for... Uh, for Clark, but if you for thought, it, it, yeah, sorry for 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 Darnell. If you, it, it, you know, if it was for Saturday at Fulham, I really do think Rafferty would yeah. suit there. And remember, as long one as he of, stays on the pitch this yeah, time. Yeah, one of Joe Rafferty's <laughs> few appearances at right back this season was against Fulham at yeah. Deepdale in December, and he got sent off yeah. just before half time for Pretty that bad tackle. Well, yeah, well, foul on Joe Bryan. You know, so you know we've had this argument. You know, yeah, he's a right back by trade and. You know, should he? You know, should he even be playing at left back? We've probably he's played so much more at left back mm. in his time at North End than he has at right back. But to me, he will be. You know, this might not be a time for thinking of height. And yeah, everything. exactly. I think this is more a time That's for the main thing for agility, defending ability on the floor, tracking your yeah. wingers and things like that. Not to forget, he's had something like one or two yellow cards all season. So yeah. when it comes to his actual technical ability in defence and his positioning, he is he is yeah. uh, brilliant on that front. Just just lastly on the. On a red card, in case just in case anyone hasn't seen it, uh, Fisher towards the edge of his own half, really. Just and I think it's a part of what the way Darnell goes in for tackles. Mm-hmm. He kind of comes off the ground and ends up kind of almost slicing through the air and brings his his feet up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think when he's he's hit the ball, I don't think his right foot quite goes through too far to mm-hmm. catch Callum Robinson. His left foot, I think, stops in the turf before it gets to him. Alex Neal made a comment after about. Callum squealing to quote him, yeah, to quote, which, yeah. which I don't think uh, best pleased uh, his former manager. I think it's going to be one of those where in cricket you get umpires called, don't you? Yeah. And I yeah. don't think there's going to be enough for them to overturn the referee, especially the Kevin Friend, a Premier League referee, who, by the way, as I mentioned before, uh, I'll give one example of some of the officiating from uh, Tuesday night. Daniel Johnson takes a corner. It's cleared at the near post by a West Brom player who intentionally plays the ball. Comes back to Daniel Johnson and he is offside. Tied. Unbelievable. How? Yeah. How? Yeah. Just honestly, amazing. We, we might have to put that one down to the linesman. Yeah. But, yeah. But he should know better. He yeah. can overrule. He overruled. I think he overruled on a throwing once and he was wrong at Kevin Friend. There was one. There's a few throwing decisions that were that were a bit poor. And then Pereira's got the license to walk all the way across the pitch instead mm. of going off at the nearest point, which I thought was. While Maguire and Barkays and went off. Yeah, they go off for the corner and go yeah. behind the net and walk all the way around with the with the yeah. West Brom fans. One thing with Fisher as well slightly annoying was I thought he had a really good game against Hull the other day mm. and on Tuesday night he was he wasn't let's put it he wasn't as bad as some of the others on the pitch you yeah. know like he was one of the slightly better I'm not saying he was 7 or 8 out of 10 but he was he was he was steady enough wasn't yeah. he you know and it's like you know yeah. it's a little bit annoying and yeah. you know we've been praising him recently for his assists you know his second highest assist maker this season he won the penalty against Hull yeah, um, offers a lot going forward, yeah, doesn't he? Yeah, he started thing. to. We, you know, it was a question I developed with Alex Neil earlier in the week about his attacking play and how North Ends were getting the fullbacks higher up. So here we are, we're praising him, and then lo and behold, <laughs> he, he could be facing a three-match ban. But uh, it might—I don't know—it might even be. It doesn't happen very often, but sometimes a red, the red card stands. And occasionally they will reduce the band down to two yeah. or one. It rarely happens that, to be honest. It can do. But... The irony of um, Fisher getting a reduced band for good behaviour yeah. <laughs> when he spends, yeah. spends most of the season being a nuisance and in the referee's ear. Yeah. Um, his reaction was interesting, actually, Tommy. Um, 
he, when he got sent off, he didn't complain really. No. He, went, he went over to bit check, of a wry smile. Yeah, he went over to check how Callum Robinson was, whether whatever he said to him. And I think there was a sort of genuine "Are you alright?" sort yeah. of thing. And then it was straight off the pitch, you know, like maybe players are learning now. It doesn't matter what you say; you're gonna mm. go. You know, referee's not gonna change his mind. We've not got VAR. Yeah, or anything. and I think I think Donnell yeah. Fisher knows the game enough where he'll he'll talk to him enough throughout the game yeah. that if he does get sent off, he knows it's gonna be pointless. He's done yeah. he's done his bit talking to the ref. I yeah. think at that point he's like. He probably right. he probably knew. I'll get myself off down to the dressing room. I'm going to get an earful from the whatever it's been said afterwards. I will probably still get an earful from the coaching staff because I have put myself in that yeah, position. And it wasn't either. whatever the merits or whether he gets it rescinded or not. It wasn't great, you know. So, yeah. um, so if one probably went to sort of skew over things and whatever. Yep. Um, we'll go into Fulham then. Moving on with the. Right backs in mind. North End still sixth, not to forget. So this mm-hmm. is still a massive game. I think level a point behind Fulham. I think they are at the moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Fulham oh, play tonight. They play after against Swansea. After we've recorded. Yeah. This, so yeah. we're recording this on Wednesday morning. And Fulham mm-hmm. play Swansea tonight. So that could be four. It could be two. Could be still one. Uh, because surprisingly, that's how football works. I don't know why I need to explain that to people. But um, so. We're expecting probably if Fisher is banned, Rafferty mm. to come in just because that size isn't really an issue. I would. That would be my choice. Yeah. Me too. I think yeah. a lot of a lot of fans. And don't. And for me, I'm not going to jump on the Tom Clark. Shouldn't be playing after you bandwagon here. Yep. You know, I just think on this occasion, I think Rafferty will be better yeah. suited. It's a much more wingers yeah. forward team rather than midfielders, mm. wide midfielders. That that sort yeah. of uh, setup. Could play Alan Brown there. That's a curveball, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it could. Yeah. I was, I was, uh, I was Played a man there for on a, Tuesday night, didn't he? I was, so, yeah. yeah. Did, that's the thing. They didn't need to change the game. They just went Alan four, Brown to right back, carry on, drop DJ back a bit, and, and that's four, how they, three, they two, went. really, didn't they? Yeah. Sort of thing. Yeah. 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 I was man for a curveball in midweek, predicting the DJ to come back in with a, an Alex Neal doing an Alex Neal and mm-hmm. and saying how uh, how injured he was. Mm-hmm. Um, so aside from Mitrovic's goal mm-hmm. at the weekend yeah what else will happen well I don't Sean Maguire will score <laughs> Sean Maguire scores a lot against Fulham Mitrovic scores a lot against Preston yeah one order or anyone wouldn't mind to yeah. be f- I'd, I'd take that to be yeah. honest yeah because these are two these are two massive games luckily what is Mitrovic doing in the championship <sighs> he's far too good for the championship yeah. It's like a cheat. It's like a cheat yeah. code. You've got Mitrovic there. He'll get you pretty much like a goal a game oh. at this rate. Twenty-five million pound striker mm-hmm. who's who's in the championship still. He's playing not a top country. end. He's not a top end Premier League striker by any means. But you think someone might have taken yeah. a little bit of a punt on him? You know, it, it'd so. suit a team like Newcastle or oh, something like yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> you think you think someone around there will be looking yeah. at him because top scorer in the league, twenty-two goals. Yeah, consist. He's consistently scored goals even when he was in the. You know, in the Premier League with Newcastle, he did score a few. Yeah, you know, last season in. with you know Fulham, he chipped in. And he, with he's few, quite yeah. a complete forward in that he can rough people up, he can be the target man, but he's not slow. He can he can run in behind, he can make those runs, and he pops up in the in the right places. He's got twenty two goals this season. Kearney seven, Cavalero six. That's the that's their top three scorers. Uh, Joe Bryan has seven assists. Cavalero has six, so he's got six goals, six assists. Joe Bryan to Mitrovic is the most common assist this yeah. season no one has set up another player more than Joe Bryan has set up Mitrovic so left back, uh, to, left back to striker yeah, yeah. so yeah. if you're looking it. at that right side where yeah. North End have just lost their right back yeah. which looks like will probably be the most important area of the pitch mm-hmm. in stopping Fulham 
at Craven Cottage. But the good thing, talking about suspensions, is that Ben Pearson will be available, having not picked up that tenth booking. Yeah, he's on, yeah, Ball. he's um, yeah, we got his ninth against Hull. Hull was, was it? it? No, you think no? Against Millwall. Yeah, didn't get booked against Hull. Yep. Didn't get booked Tuesday night. Yeah, I think the cut off the amnesty is thirty seventh game, which it. QPR games, thirty seventh game. So he could, if he could get himself through to the end of QPR on the seventh of March, and he's done six without, games in a row before. without being booked, yeah. it then goes up to fifteen before you need to. And I still won't put that past him. No, no he's done <laughs> but it before. This yeah. season, I think he's a he's a he's a changed man. I think every credit to him on mm-hmm. on that front. Alex Neal, obviously, he mentioned in press that if. Ben Pearson was to get booked, making a tackle, playing his game. He doesn't want his game to change. If he gets tackled in a game, uh, gets tackled. If he gets booked in a game, he's n- he's not going to be bothered. Mm-hmm. Descent, kicking the ball away, silly things like that. That's yeah. He will be bothered. Obviously, earlier on in the season, North End beat Fulham two-one. Bit of a crazy game, really. Yeah. Sending off both sides. Mm-hmm. If you look at North End's back line as well, which included Paul Huntington, who hasn't been seen for a, a few months now. Uh, and obviously Rafferty starting at right back, it, it's going to be a much different game this yeah. time around, isn't it? Was a, it? it was a good game. It was a, mm. a very cold night, a cold yeah. and wet night, wasn't it? Which seems to be sort of the, the common feature of our winter at the moment, yeah. isn't it? Um, yeah, Dennis Oldie got sent off for yeah. uh, a day for uh, oh, Fulham. Yeah, yeah. Going in late yeah. on, Patrick Bauer. Maguire had put North End one. Yeah, uh, corner comes yeah. in and he's kind of facing away from goal. It's a smart yeah. finish from yeah. him, really. With in turn, Nugent got his... Yeah, first goal since he came and the back. Second attempt. Only, yeah, um, make it two nil. Should have had another. He went yeah. through on the volley. He went to clean through. Had one on the volley that he hit straight at, yeah. at Rodak, who has yeah. been a bit of a revelation at, at Fulham this season. He was at Rotherham last season, wasn't he? And yeah. didn't really impress too yeah. much. And then obviously, um, Rafferty got sent off just before half time. So second half was basically, yeah. you know, ten, ten v ten. Um, North End got two up, as I say, and uh, Mitrovic then got the got one ten minutes from the end or something. Yeah. Just made it a little bit nervous towards the end, but they they held out, and uh, it was much needed that because they'd had that run of four four defeats without scoring. Yeah, and then you know got themselves back on with that win, beat Luton as well um, a few days later. So it just just got them on a bit more of a level, didn't it? Yeah, and um, I think the the big thing is is that obviously. Definitely worth a mention. The fans will be right behind them at the weekend. We've yeah. talked about the fans and the impact that they can have. I thought it was a good following at, at, at West Brom, just just over nine hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, Fulham's obviously sold out. They're going to be on the boat before, and it's going to be a bit of a party atmosphere. Yeah. It could be a really good occasion. Yeah, well, that's fantastic, isn't it? Three weeks before the match, and you sell out nineteen hundred and sixty-four tickets in yeah. London. In you know, you've got the cost of getting there on the train or the coach you're driving there. There's two boats sailing down the river, yeah. you know, which should be a fine sight. So I think, uh, you know, pe- pe- people out for a stroll down the riv- banks of the River Thames or over the bridges might get serenaded by a bit of singing, uh, you know, on, on, you know, from Saturday lunchtime onwards. But it's a reduced capacity at Craven Cottage this year because they're rebuilding yeah. the stand, the sort of... Like the whole probably, yeah, the newer stand. of the stands. You know, like, it's very traditional old ground. They've got the old grandstand where we'll be sat in, which I think is a protected building, I think, you know. But, you know, the, it's the stand opposite there, the rebuilding. Yeah. So they're not able... Fulham, they used to have the sort of split end. They used to have some home fans in it, a neutral area, which is probably one of the only grounds in the country which does, yeah. and then the away end, and a lot of away fans used to take the extra tickets in the neutral area, and it worked out fine, but obviously they've had to, you know, to 
claw some seats back for the people who were sitting in the you know the stand that's being rebuilt at the moment. So it's a reduced capacity. But I honestly, thought when when you're selling out nearly two thousand tickets with three weeks of sales left, mm. had it been a normal capacity, I, I think selling out sort of two six two seven wouldn't have been an issue you know yeah. maybe getting on for three thousand you know it's uh it's, it's a really popular trip and yeah. uh and then hats off again a couple of weeks later for luton smaller you know smaller allocation just over a thousand they they've gone as well so that's two sellouts you know back-to-back away matches you mm. know so every, every credit because they're not away days aren't cheap you know no definitely t- not. ticket prices might be okay but then you've got all your transport costs of getting there, you know. And, and your, your drinks. Your drinks and things like that, <laughs> which some might be a little bit more expensive than others. But, you know, yeah. um, I th- you know, the, you, you look at your way support this season, it's just been consistently good all the way through, you know. Mm. Like, yeah, it might not be quite sort of Leeds taking three million to, yeah. to everywhere they go, but all three London games so far have attracted more than a 1,000. When you think that Charlton was half 12 on a Sunday with no trains, and there was more than 1,100 North End fans there. Ridiculous yeah. curses. 1,300 at Millwall on the opening day. Yeah. Um, you know, Fulham selling out. QPR, there were 1,200 there. They've taken sort of 1,500 down to Birmingham. Yeah. 1,800 to Nottingham Forest. Reading, there was a decent amount Reading, there. there was, yeah, a decent amount. Probably would have been more, but Scott Fitzgerald was fighting that night. Yeah. I think a few went up to Newcastle to, you know, who might have been tempted to go normally go. Yeah. There was a, the the obvious one was a six thousand to uh, more than six thousand to Blackburn, which yep. which is going to happen, you know. But even to Leeds, when he was charging sky high prices, still got more than eight hundred went over yeah. there. So, no, no, the way sports been brilliant. As you said, West Brom on Tuesday night, it's not. It doesn't sound that far down to the Midlands. It's, it's on a Tuesday night mm. in winter. It's an awful journey. Yeah. With, the, with a storm it's, and all the complications. Yeah, it's been pouring it down for the best part of three weeks. It was yeah. snowing, sleeting, hailing. Did everything on the way down. Yeah. And, the, and at the game. Yeah, I surprised we didn't have a heat wave at one point. <laughs> yeah. we, we had we had near enough three seasons worth of weather on the way down. Um, to take 925. And it's on TV, on the red yeah, button. On the red, yeah, it's pretty you good know. going, actually, that. Yeah. You know, and... Bit of a you know sense of disappointment there. He, he didn't give a, a better showing. Yeah, definitely. Um, so we'll move on then to a few questions. We've still got a bit of time left. We don't want to run on too long, but we've got plenty of time for uh, these questions. I'll go with this first one because we've had a few coming out on Twitter. So as I mentioned earlier, if you want us to talk about anything in particular, then uh, please do get in touch. First one, team selection. Mm-hmm. So. The big question at the moment is about whether Stockley should start, things like that. Does Alex Neal have his favourites? Sean Maguire's been a bit of a maybe scapegoat as to someone who's been starting every week. The fans don't agree with it, whether, you know, people will say that it's just Alex Neal just loves him and that's why he's playing him, all these sorts of things. Alex Neal in the past has actually said that the running that Sean Maguire does is, is a massive reason why he's in the team. Um Playing devil's advocate, Sean Maguire got three goals in his first six games this season. Mm-hmm. That goal against Fulham is the only one since. Yeah, yeah, it's been a bit of a drought. We talk, then it was all coming in on Tuesday night. How is Maguire getting ahead of Stockley for this one? Mm. But to be fair, he played Maguire left on last night. It was Maguire it, over it, Sinclair. It was more, yeah, it was more. Yeah, it was Maguire over Sinclair, who some people have been, well, admittedly, who hasn't been on, you know, top of his game recently. Yeah. It was more a case of Nugent being selected over Stockley. I personally think Stockley's been unlucky. You know, he's not the greatest 
uh, goal scorer in the world, though. You know, I think he came on and made an impact against Hull. It was a great cross to set up Brown for yeah. the goal. Um, and he, he just energised with Brown. They both brought a lot of energy with him. Um, the argument will be, is Stockley better served as an impact player to come on and make, you know, if the defence has been stretched around for a little bit, then do you put him on for a more physical approach or do you do it the other way? Mm. Let him start, have an hour battering the defences around, then put the nippy players in. You know, it's 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 all sorts of courses. We're all going to have our opinion on that one. Um, you, you, I was a little bit surprised he didn't start um, Tuesday night, I've got to admit. Yep. But again, would you say he's full of the type of game where... Um, where he'd fit in the system that would do well against him, I'm not too sure. He likes you know. the high press against these yeah. better sides, doesn't he? Because we, when when we were kind of looking at who we thought might play, we also thought Potts might play and kind of come out from the cold a little bit, because in those big games he's played him and he's he's had this high press, this, mm-hmm. this mobile side. That's probably why Gallagher didn't yeah. didn't feature, and Stockley doesn't really fulfil that role. I think Nugent's probably the go-between where he's probably got just a bit about him to, to, to start the press yeah. and a bit about him to hold it up. Personally, I think because of the the lack of goal threat in this team on so many in so many games and so many occasional parts of games at least, I would rather see Nugent come off the bench yeah. because I think when he's come off the bench at times he's looked lively and then yeah. people are like, well, why doesn't he start? Mm-hmm. But there is something to be said about having a super sub, having that man up your sleeve yeah. like Ferguson had only got a sole shot that had come on every week and mm-hmm. score sub, uh, goals from the bench. And I think there's something in that for Nugent with his experience, Come on, let him come on and do that. So then for me, up front, you start one of... Stockley or Maguire or Barcazen, depending yeah. on you know, you could, yeah, you little could, or large. You could start Barcazen as your central striker, which he's done a few times, mm. and have like pace either side of him. Sinclair could come back in, whatever. Remember, there's no Harrop on Tuesday night. He had a slight hamstring, sort of you know, tight hamstring from the other day. Yeah, um, and they thought they'd be doing a lot of running, which might not have been conducive to <laughs> yeah. you know to, <laughs> to get him through it. Yeah, <laughs> so so that there are plenty of options up there. Um, you know, if if Stockley did get his chance, you know, which he'll, does, you know, again, we're talking, this is Twitter and whatever, you know, is that the view of everyone? But it does seem to be a sort of popular, like, like give Stockley a chance, you know, like, let's see how he got on, you know. You don't, you, you just, you're, not, you're not just handing out places because people are saying, let's play there. Neil does work with these players every day. He'll set up in training. He sees how the opposition play, and that's attracted a little bit of um, attention. Is he worrying too much about the opposition and how they're playing? But but he always has done that. Yeah. And and on the, we spoke earlier. The flip side to that is like Slaven Bilic changed West Brom's approach a little bit because he to take into account how North End play. So yeah, to get it, it does happen. You know, it, Alex Neal's not unique in that wanting to sort of study the opposition and pick a side accordingly. Yeah. It's, it's to what what extent you do it. You know, you're changing stuff a little bit too far. But uh, but if Stockley did come in and play, would you judge him if he, if he didn't score at Fulham? Is that his chance gone? Do you give him a bit of a run? You know, sometimes they are trying to get away from this sort of Let's clip it long, you know, for the flick down and second balls. Neil was talking last week about teams who played the deep block against them. North End was sort of almost getting sucked into it against Hull. Or let's just launch it and pressure them and the ball was coming back all the time in the first half. Ironically, that changed a little bit when Stockley went on. But sometimes if, if Stockley's playing, is he that big 
big blonde lad up front and it's almost the, the other players switch mentality or oh, got a target there let's launch it to him yeah. you know so um, so, I, think, yeah. I think Stockley would have been kicking himself seeing those two headers that Nugent had on Tuesday. One of them in, yeah. We don't ha- get many crosses rarely, like that. Yeah. How rarely does he get a chance to attack the ball in the box? There's yeah. so few crossing situations where Stockley is able to do what he did at Exeter mm-hmm. where he scored all those headed goals because generally the crosses are nearer the edge of the box than they are the penalty spot and you want it between the penalty spot and the goal really, don't you? Yeah. I've, I've, I've said it a lot where I'd like North End to get to the byline and put that cross in yeah. there because it's it's harder to deal with. It's nearer the net. It can take a ricochet. There's so many different ways it could go in. You could even stand it up to the far post and let let Stockley stand on their fullback and yeah. and nod it in. Um, and I think he's been unfortunate. Mm-hmm. I, and it's like you say, it is it is a bit of horses for courses. I think what, what and also it boils down to the fact that it's the age old argument. I think. North end is short of a striker. Mm. Full stop. Mm. We've been, we're saying it. Everyone knows that. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not saying they can go out and afford a Mitrovic type or a Narky Wells type, you know, but they, they are... 15 million for Bamford yeah, yeah. and 7 million for Graben. These are, you know... Yeah. But, they, you know, they are short of, you know... I, I don't know what the answer is, but they are short of a striker. You know, when you look, Nugent's on one, Stockley's got two, yeah. Maguire's on four... Barcazian's leading goal scorer is he on 11, oh, 11 some of which have been scored from the wings some of which when he's played up front yep. DJ's next highest from yeah. the 10 or the 8 Gallagher he got 7 or 8 yep. and then uh, how Harrop, many both you know, are penalties yeah, yeah you know so it's, it's the age old argument you know that they are short of a striker <laughs> Stockley has said in the past I remember him doing an interview in, in post-match or whether it was a, a pre-match press conference that a big thing for him when he comes off the bench sometimes is he has to judge the flight of the ball right. He has to get into the rhythm of time in his jumps and mm-hmm. things like that. And if he's not starting games consistently, that then may become an issue that yeah. he's kind of getting a bit rusty. I suppose you've got to time that jump right to make sure you're up ahead of the defender and try and get a bit of hang time to flick yeah. it on and, and get to the pace of the game, which yeah. is probably a bit unfortunate with, really. I, I spoke to him about about that after the um, whole game and he, he came on 58 minutes I think and he, he said he was nice he got that sort of settling in time and there's still once he'd settled into the game and there's still plenty of time ahead of him mm. and that's what he alluded to about his timings or whatever against West Brom 8 minutes 8 minutes I, I, do, I, I don't think I honestly don't think him and Potts were brought on to win the game I, I think yeah. it was a case of giving others a rest I think it was just a containment job yeah you know, it, if those subs were on to sort of try and affect the scoreline, they should have been on after mm, an hour definitely. or at least after Darnell went 64. Yeah. You know, like, try, try and flip it round then. I very rarely disagree with Alex Neal, <laughs> but I thought, one, when he said, I don't think we played too badly, I disagree with that. Yeah, I thought I, I thought they were pretty poor. Yeah. But also, I disagree with the timing of his substitutions yeah, on, yeah. on Tuesday. Because normally, it, it does take a while and you say, you know, yeah. he's a manager, he knows what he's doing, mm-hmm. but... and. I just thought if if you want to try and impact the game, it's got to be before eighty two. Yeah, minutes. yeah. You know, even bringing Nugent off seventy eight for Sinclair, that was quite a long time for Nugent to stay on the pitch. You yeah. know, like maybe you know he could have. I, I I really do think the subs were more sort of let's just get the game done. You know, let's get out. Let's get yeah, to we're not. You know, we're just not on song tonight. We're not going to get into it. But it, it's hard for a sub to make an impact in such a little time. Yeah, and. Another one here. Is there too much expected of Scott Sinclair? 
I suppose he's a big marquee signing, you know, everyone's excited about him. I think um, he, he showed that goal against Swansea exactly what he is capable of. There were flashes in other games where... Might have made a run for his like, own back. Yeah, <laughs> so last few, he's just, just trailed off a bit. Maybe there's sort of more adrenaline got him through those first few games. Remember, he, he played one game in three months before then, and, you know, and I think that was a, a, a Europa League tie, dead rubber almost, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, but, so... And I, I just think he's, you know, building up his building up his match sharpness. Um, he's he's a system. player who's obviously going to rely on his sharpness and um, and skill yeah. and quality like that. You Dynamic know. style of player, yeah, isn't yeah. it? And um, you know, but I, I still think he's a you know he's a, he's a quality player, and he you know he will be a quality player yeah. here. But I, you know, at the moment. I, it wasn't a surprise to see him down on the bench on on Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he hadn't performed that well against Hull. Um, probably one of the poorer players on the pitch then. You know, and it, it's just you know again at the press conference last night, Neil got asked a question about it, and he said it's just a case of Scott working his way into our system, us getting used to him. You know, like um, you know, however good a player is, however good a team is or bad a team is, it does take a little while to integrate in. He's not going to be a bad player overnight. No, no, he's, he's got it. twenty goals from the wing at, at, at Celtic, Celtic in, yeah. in a season. I know it's different because he's not coming back as much as he's, he's going forward and all those sorts of things but he's got it in him yeah. it's just a case of waiting for it for it to come out I think. it might be not, you know like if it, if he come on at West Brom and it was nil-nil that might have been an interesting dynamic coming mm. on with nil-nil as it was he came on at two-nil down North End not, never really in it he had a couple of runs down the side so yeah, um, yeah you know it, it you know, if they did decide to have a couple of games and starting off the bench, you know, very interesting if it, the game was a lot more even and what difference could he make then? Yeah, especially in half an hour if he's struggling yeah. for full fitness, he can really mm-hmm. go at it. And I think I think Alan Brown alluded to this yesterday in terms of, of the way West Brom approach things. Um, if it's nil-nil, only half an hour left, Sinclair might be able to cheat a little bit, yeah. And that's what Brownie said about the about the, the West Brom players: yeah. is those forwards cheat. They don't. Yeah. And, and can, can by we just that make mean, this clear? We're not talking about diving yeah. and cheating here. We're talking about sort of maybe marking. not tracking back and exactly. like marking the so they stay a little bit higher up. Yeah, they'll, they'll I, don't, I don't know where that phrase has come from. Cheating is. Yeah, I don't like it. North End use it quite a lot. They do. Though, don't they do. They? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that and lazy. Because I remember, yeah. I remember. Um, Piero once I don't I think I was down at the training ground talking to talking reminiscing about something he was speaking to Brownie about and they were giving each other stick in the game saying oh that's lazy or or, or Pearson was getting angry at himself for, for making a mistake and, and angry at himself for being lazy on the ball like they they don't allow laziness they don't allow cheating do your job do everything yeah. right and that's that sort of thing but that's what Alan Brown was um, talking about the West Brom players who were able to cheat a little bit maybe just stay stay goal side offensively yeah. rather than defensively yeah. and and Sinclair might just have that licence to do it with 20 minutes to go and because yeah. Alex Neal likes to push for the win doesn't he yeah, he does he does yeah and apart from on Tuesday it, well yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think even Alan Brown said at one point that we went to 2-0 and we just kind of the game was kind of over yeah. at that point mm-hmm. but they're a good side yeah, so Last, yeah I think I think like for while it wasn't North End's night yeah Albion was a good, good. They were a very, very yeah. good side. And I, I, well, they, they've got a bit of everything. Very those good forward four we're talking about. Yeah. S- strong lads in midfield. Yeah. 
and defenders who knew the job, basically, and a good goalkeeper who we know all about. Yeah, obviously, yeah. two former Northenders playing against uh, yeah. playing against PNE. Um, like I said last last night on Twitter, you're not going to look back at the end of the season, mm. and if North End finish three points away from where they want to be, mm. you're not going to go. Well, if only you'd have beaten the top of the league, West Brom at uh, the Hawthorns. Yeah. It's they're not the results. No. It's it's the it's the Millwalls. It's the yeah. Reading, Middlesbrough, yeah. Middlesbrough yeah. those sorts of games yeah. that that will will ultimately potentially cost you. Um, but that's probably just about it for this week, Dave. Is there anything more you want to add? Just uh, I noticed you've got a question on Twitter about Declan Rudd. Oh and yes, he's, um, he's from one of the contract. fans saying. He himself has said he's turned turtle with Rudd. He said he, he he was sort of unsure about him earlier in the season, but he said he he's grown recently into you know an admirer of what he's doing, and he just mm. asked what the contract situation was. Yep. And in answer to that, I don't think we're any further forward on any of the contracts. To be honest, we talk about Brown, Pearson, Davis's contracts getting to the summer and be another year to go. Then with Rudd, he's up in the summer. Yeah. You know, this is this is your first choice goalkeeper who's played every league game and has very little competition yeah, on that front as yeah. well. He's seen off all comers. He's four months away from the end of his contract. You know, like this is this is not some bit part player, you know, on the fringes who's seen out his contract and he'll probably get released or something. This yep. is he's your first choice goalkeeper who's I think he's now worth really worth hanging on to and I think definitely. It has coincided, I think, with Jonathan Gould coming in and doing some work with him. Um, whether that made a difference, I think it has. As a, as a layman just looking on, I thought his confidence has probably grown since the autumn yeah. when it happened. Um, and I think Deck himself has referenced Jonathan Gould a couple of times in an interview, you know, how much he enjoys working with him and things like that. So... It's a little bit of a worry how we're, we're, we're this far down the line with, with no contract signed so far, or I don't know if one's even been formally offered. You know, like I know sometimes negotiations are not as black and white now as they once were. Here's your contract, we'll offer you this. I, I want that. And like, it's almost like gamesmanship. Yeah, it's almost it? like coffee and sandwiches over the negotiating table, you know, locking in a room until they come to an agreement. It's a little bit sort of nowadays, a bit, well, what do you want? This is what we could offer. Go away and think about it. You know, we'd we'd be able to offer something in the ballpark of. Yeah. And and the danger yeah. when he goes to think about it is yeah. if if then agents start talking to other teams or and then agents starts talking to the yeah agent starts leaking stuff yeah, to the papers. Yeah. Declan you know, Rudd like, was linked with a couple of moves which yeah. I don't think were ever really happening. But Rangers I think, and West Ham. Yeah. yeah I think his agents just probably trying to accelerate contract talks a yeah. little bit. In I those think he scenarios. changed agent. He was with. The same one Scott Sinclair had, I think, but and Paul Huntington, but he changed, I think, autumnish uh, to a new guy. Um, and when when the player gets a new agent, sometimes the agent will part of his job is to try and get busy. You know, he wants yeah. to impress. You know, like you've come to me as a client, I'll come and try and get you the best deal. Now possible. your name's in this paper. Now yeah. you're you know yeah. getting you out there. I think... I, I, we we spoke to Rudd a few weeks about it a few weeks ago about it and. He seemed quite relaxed, and he said mm. it was an ongoing thing. It was in other people's hands. I nowadays yeah. players don't, very few players negotiate their own, and he was happy for that status quo. You know, he was happy for his agent to talk to the club, to talk to club, talk to his agent, and he thought there will be a, a you know a resolution. A, a resolution at some point. You know, the only worry is is, is that resolution getting too close to the summer now. You know, yeah. when we've not got one. You know? Yeah, and I think the big worry for me is. If you're prepared to let 
Declan Rudko, mm-hmm. who we know is a championship level goalkeeper, yeah. do you have someone else lined up? Yeah. Kind of, they're they're yeah. not easy no. to come by because obviously Conor Ripley came in and is not really. He's not pushed at all, really. No, he's not really no. seemed to make made the grade. Yeah. So it's not an easy thing. No. Chris Maxwell came in, looked great for a mm. for a spell, and then kind of tailed off, not doing the business at Hibernia, and he's now somewhere else. God knows, yeah, some yeah. insignificant. Club yeah, somewhere. It's, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, by the coast. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, but as I say. Rudder's had his critics, which fair enough, he he has dropped some errors over the you know the seasons, but he's also put in some very good performances and yep. recently he got very good. Kept it to two. <laughs> goalkeepers are in the championship because the championship goalkeepers are not here because the Premier League's down there. They're here for a reason. So you are going to get the you know, like any player, if you're playing in the championship generally you are at this level, you know, like it's whether you've got the, the potential to next step up. So I don't think there's a too many goalkeepers in this division who are proving, you know, the difference between winning and losing. You know, I think David Ray was the next hot thing for for the last month, he's and been he's dropping a minute. At Brentford dropped a couple a in bit, recently, yeah. hasn't he? Yeah. Sam Johnson probably at West Brom was probably the most consistent. Yeah, yeah, although there's been a couple of ricks from him earlier in the season. Even you know, Kiko Casillas, yeah. who's come from Real Madrid, has, well, has got a few. A lot in him. of a lot of pressure on him at Leeds at the moment. Yeah. you know, you know. So, yeah, yeah so that. You know, to get it to get a, a stand, you know, I think North End have got a, a championship standard goalkeeper in Rudd. I think he'd be worth holding on to. Yeah, I agree completely. Right, well, that is us for this week. We'll be back uh, probably, I think, Tuesday, Tuesday next week. Yeah. No, no midweek game, so we can um, yeah. we can come and, and talk about Fulham yeah. and preview the. Who's it going to be? QPR. QPR. Yeah. QPR. Yes. And we'll be yeah. And I hope everyone enjoys themselves down at Fulham. Yeah. Nineteen hundred and sixty-four of them. I hope the boat's an absolute hoot. Yeah. Sounds like get, the, get yeah. some videos out there. Yeah, get some yeah. Pictures out lots there. Of let pictures, us, yeah. Let yeah. us see. We're keen for that. It'd be great. Um, you know, like lots of noise. Lovely. I, I do like going to Fulham. It's a lovely old ground. I think obviously they are rebuilding part of it, but it's got a bit of character to it. It's not. It's not stuck on an industrial estate or a shopping estate on the yeah. edge of, of town. Is Looking it? forward to the nice walk to the ground. Yeah, yeah, you walk through a park and everything. It's just, it's just a little bit different, you know, a bit, yeah. a bit of a step back for, for North End fans of a certain era. It's got that nostalgia because North End beat Fulham there in 1971 to near enough go above them in the race for the title and the next game they won the t- in the third division title there under Allen Ball. So, you know, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a ground with not that two good results at over mm. the years you know lately but you know they, these things can change can't yeah. be worse than West Brom no so exactly I think, I think we've lost the last 10 in the league at West Brom and one in the cup as well so yeah. it's not great the only so. way is up yeah, exactly, <laughs> can't yeah. get much worse when, when we go up with West Brom we can win in the Premier League yeah there we go yeah. Well, yeah, there's optimism season. for you next yeah. season yeah. yeah and I'm sick of this playoff talk automatics yeah. is what yeah. we're going for one day Rodney will be millionaire yeah. <laughs> yeah so that's uh, that's it for us this week so make sure yeah. to Keep up to date with everything the Lancashire Post is putting out. There's always daily content of, uh, of Preston North End. Keep in touch. Keep up to date with everything on our Twitter at LEP underscore football. Keep in touch with myself at Tom Sandals and Dave at Seds underscore LEP. And uh, thank you very much for listening.